Welcome to the Grace World Podcast. I'm Dan Hewitt. And I'm Becky, his wife. And this is episode 27. Hello, everybody. Hi. How are you this fine day? I'm nice. That's good. Been a good day outside. Been outside a little bit today and got some things done. Chores. Okay. Yeah, I'm good. All righty. Well, tell me, what's the verse that people love to have at weddings? The chapter. The love chapter. The love chapter. First Corinthians 13. We're going to look at something around in and around that. Because the love chapter, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 13, seems to be sandwiched right in the middle of two other chapters, strangely <laughs> enough. Can you guess those two chapters? I know. 12 and 14. Excellent. And what are both of those chapters about? Spiritual gifts. Yeah. And so somehow, with all this train wreck that was going on at the church in Corinth they had to have a lot of discussion on the gifts and Paul takes an extended thing to say what love is in the middle of in the middle of the expository on the gifts so that's important but at the end of chapter 13 he has something interesting would you like to cover that right there sure the last verse of chapter 13 is now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Yeah, so we want to talk about faith, hope, and love. Yeah. And what do those actually mean? Yeah, because recently we've had some specific uh, and we have times to chairs. think about and talk about faith and hope and love too, but seems like a good time while these things are fresh on our mind mm -hmm. to discuss these three different attributes of God. So we have three things to discuss. But we'll talk the second one first or the first one, then the second. Anyways, let's talk about faith first. All right. Faith, hope and love. So what is faith? There's a lot of definitions of faith. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to you? Well, recently we, I got some clarification through something that you, which I'll let you share in just a minute, heard. Um, I think when I first just think about uh, personally what my faith is, it is my belief system about God or mm -hmm. anything where there is some... There is not a set... It's not like a system. I don't have a mm -hmm. faith system. Faith has some nebulousness kind of wrapped around it. Because if you have faith in something, that means that there is uh, something unknown or maybe not known yet mm -hmm. that you believe will be, but you have to wait for it. So faith and patience often go together. And even hope. And hope. So, but the thing mm. that that we just recently mm -hmm. heard from Charles Caps ah. uh, about faith is that you put faith into thing with things that have to do with God and the Bible. You put faith in action based on a promise or a provision, mm -hmm. and that is a good clarification for me because that 
feels like um, a little less nebulous. Okay. Like I'm not just having faith willy-nilly about any old thing that comes into my head, but I'm believing for something that God promised to me and either I'm not experiencing yet or it has to do with uh, waiting over a period of time for some reason Mm -hmm. for things to happen so that that thing can come into actuality. Okay. So I want to hear from you what are some promises or we can discuss what are some promises from the word that everybody can have faith for okay to make this practical well actually i want to expound more than on the charles cap i'll put the link to the video it's an old video i don't know it might be the 80s or 90s or something old it's ancient (laughs) so it's in grainy kind of blurry film look or something or videotape but Charles Caps was a big faith teacher, and you know a lot of people. And this is where you'll hear a lot of negatives of word of faith or uh, prosperity gospel and stuff like that. But if you listen, like for him, I'll say him. He breaks down faith a lot more simply. It's because, in fact, he addresses that issue of faith. Because you know Jesus, we have the verse that says, you know, whatever you believe, see or believe. Um, it will be given to you. And he talks about that and expounds it because some people abuse the verse and he says, his point was, you can't abuse faith. And then he goes and explains it further like this. He says, for instance, his example was, if you say you can believe for whatever and receive it, he goes, well, I can just say I believe for a 90 million oil wells and I'll get that. And his answer was, no, you won't believe for it because you don't have a promise from God that that's going to be provided. So I can't have faith or belief in that true faith because I don't have God, the character of God and his promise, a specific promise about what he's going to do. And so I can't have the great faith to believe for that because it wasn't promised to me. Well, unless it was, but unless it's not it in the word. <laughs> right. And so basically he, he brings it back to... Um, the, the place of your faith needs to be in the promises of what God has said. So in other words, I'm, and if you step back one step further, what that's saying is I am anchoring it in the character or the reliability of God. Mm-hmm. So that if I know God and he is reliable, then his promises are faith worthy. Mm-hmm. And so now I have something I can actually trust. I talked about this. I've used this example where, People can say, well, should I just have faith? And it's like, well, faith is never a thing. Faith is a relationship to another party or person. It's a trust in their ability to do what they say. So if somebody comes up to me and says, can I have your bank account information and password? The answer will be most likely no. If it's just a random person. Some random person, because it's like, why do you want my bank account and my password to it? You know, if they say, well, trust me, I just want to look at some stuff. And it's like, well, I don't have faith in you because I don't know your character. And it may not be that I think you're a bad character. It's I don't know that you have good character. I don't know anything. Mm -hmm. You are not worthy of me to trust. And so faith, I think the critical aspect is who do I have faith in? Am I supposed to say whom there? In whom do (laughs) I have faith? I was never good at that part of grammar. In whom yourself, do I place so in whom do I place my faith? Mm-hmm. Well, it depends on the character 
and the history I have with that, right? Mm -hmm. So if I don't really know God, it's going to be harder for me to trust God because I haven't seen him yet. I haven't seen what he's done yet. Mm -hmm. So that's a little more difficult for me to say, I trust God if I have not walked with God and seen him in action. Mm -hmm. So it's a growth path. Faith is, we grow in faith over time because it's, that's really the aspect. It's not necessary that my faith is getting bigger in the sense of there's some mysterious faith object that gets larger. It's, I know whom, to whom I have placed my faith and I know him more and more reliably so it is easier for me to say, yeah, I trust that what you have said is what the case is. Okay. So name a promise that everybody can have faith in with God. Hmm. In him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So what's that promise mean to me? It means I understand that God has removed, as far as guilt and shame and condemnation or any other aspect of it, those things for me. That's part of a promise of a relationship with God. Sorry, you put me on the spot. That was the first thing that popped in my head. That's okay. It's okay. Right? That's a good one. So, so forgiveness from sins means you can do anything wrong and God will forgive you. It means God has forgiven you okay. already. You. In the past. Mm-hmm. So how does that, what does that have to do with anything that I need faith to believe that? So I guess part of that would be to, uh, well, that particular verse, what that gives me is actually that boosts my faith because now I have the confidence. So there's another thing, another verse, go bold because of his blood, we can go boldly before the throne in confidence. So it means I can go talk to God, pray, and speak my heart directly to God without fear of retribution. And so basically I'm in a position as a son of God, as a child of God, forgiven, that I can go into and have a uh, discussion with God. I can hear his words. I can express my heart to him. Whereas if I believe I am unforgiven, it means I have some distance between me and God and there's stuff that somehow probably I have to fix. You hide from God. Or or you'll hide from God or... It keeps you away from what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about some of the prosperity gospel verses? Like, uh, God's going to provide for all my needs, or God's mm-hmm. going to give me riches. Where's the truth in that? Yeah. What, what faith do, you know, what promises of God are there Right. for... I mean, there's my God will supply all, yeah. for all of your needs according to his riches in glory. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we believe that he provides for our needs, um, and we can have faith in that in realizing right. that if I have a, a need, either a material need or an emotional need or a spiritual need, he's supplying for that. He has a, the supply to provide that regardless of what the circumstances look like around me. Yeah. Now, I think there's some, there is some abuse where, you know, let's look at two different perspectives from that of prosperity. Okay, you have one minute to look at those. 
Do I? Yes, because we're going to cover all three here. And we're all right. I'll hurry up. So from one some perspective, it's much about discipline, self-control, doing all the things of Proverbs. You know, go, go read the book of Proverbs on making wise choices, good investments, all those kind of things. Those are all true. We can, well, the Proverbs didn't go away. I mean, it's not negated because of the cross. There is still wisdom. It doesn't, the verse doesn't say, my God will supply all I'm, your I'm, needs according gotta, to your wisdom and your Now let me go to the other side. To Proverbs. What happens is, I think sometimes, is people think, I can behave financially stupidly and then expect that God will fix everything and by just quoting that verse. That's not, I think, walking in faith. I think what that is, is walking in non-faith. That's why I'm trying to go to both sides. There's a place for wisdom and making good choices, and there's a place to say, okay, something has come against me, there's a problem, I have a need for whatever additional reason, I can trust that God will provide and be abundant in that. And that is based on, that I'm walking, going back to the Charles Caps thing, that I'm walking in his promises in relationship with him, trusting him according to his character. We can also say those words that I expect God to meet all my needs and do that not from a position of faith, but just that we're making whatever choices and it's like, well, I go do what I want and I'll just expect because there's this Bible verse here that God will just patch over everything and fix everything up. I don't think that's really a biblical position. Okay. That's my opinion. Okay. So, so in other words, we can't expect to be stupid and have no consequences. Now, that doesn't mean God still doesn't step in, even in our foolishness, in our mistakes, in our sin, and our problems, that he doesn't help and deal with that. But I think part of that maturing process and actually walking in faith, part of that process is hopefully I also am growing in maturity. Because it seems kind of contradictory to say, I want to live an immature life and yet live this great faith life of trusting that God's going to be just taking care of everything while I act in a completely immature fashion. Okay. That seems kind of logically inconsistent of your life. It's like you're not, it's like you're half trusting God in one sense of saying, I'll go do what I want apart from God. And I'll go do my own thing. Well, then you're not in faith. Right. That's exactly my point. If you go do dumb stuff all the time, you're not living in faith. Okay, well. That's my point. Okay. And so you can't sit there and go, oh, I want to be dumb all the time, and then just say I want to cash in on all the promises, even though I'm not really living by faith. Okay, so let me That's put my it, point. Now let me put the positive spin. You put the negative spin on it. Let me put the positive spin on it. If I'm having a hard time being mature or having wisdom or not trusting God or not trusting that God will lead me, trusting myself in the relationship, I can take that promise and say, all right, the Lord says that he will provide for me and I keep trying to do it for myself without him, without his guidance or leadership or wisdom or understanding. So as I release that fear that I have that I won't be provided for and say, Lord, I trust you that you're going to tell, you're going to lead me into opportunities. You're going to lead me into education. You're going to lead me into 
whatever it is that I need to make the money that I need or whatever, or, or get it from wherever, that's part of the faith is tr- learning how to trust yourself and trust him that he is talking to you and, and leading I, you into things. I don't disagree with that. I believe the two statements are entirely compatible with each other. So do I. That's yeah. why I, But yeah. you, you went to the don't be stupid and I'm saying release your fear. And, and yeah. so the, those are the two sides of it. So there's some ideas about faith. Shall we go to hope? Sure. Let's talk about hope. Okay. What have we recently heard and understood about hope? I think a lot of it was trying to work through the definition of what hope really is because I think we have a lot of societal understandings or usages of the word hope. And most of our societal uses of the word hope are more like, gee, I hope that happens. Which means more like, uh, I wish it really big. Yeah, Yeah, which is more like wishful thinking. Mm Mm-hmm. Whereas what we're finding is really the biblical use is typically far more. um, Isn't there an expectancy? Yeah, there's an expectancy. And it's really kind of secondary to faith in the sense of I build my hope on the past faith and the things that I have seen God do. Therefore, I can have an expectation of future performance because of what I've seen in the past. So you've built some rapport. Yes. So let's just real quick remind ourselves that we are in the middle of a passage about spiritual gifts because faith and hope definitely uh, seem to be big buzzwords when you're talking to anybody about supernatural gifts or spiritual gifts like prophecy, healing, tongues, uh, miracles, things like that. So faith and hope are definitely part of seeing things supernatural, right? Yes, absolutely. If I have hope, like I have an expectancy, if I'm giving somebody a gift of prophecy, if I'm giving somebody a word of knowledge or or Mm -hmm. some kind of prophetic something, I heard the Lord say this about you, and most of the time I would be very cautious of somebody saying that to you if it were very negative quite honestly. Sure. I think most specific words of prophecy from the Lord are to help build your faith and give you hope in something rather than woe to you, you bad Israelites, <laughs> which is yeah. how a lot of the prophecy was in the Old Testament. So that's why I'm clarifying that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so hope is just the expectancy that God is going to do whatever right. he said he would do. Faith and hope are pretty closely linked. Yeah, honestly. I think they're kind of in a cycle with each other. Mm-hmm. You extend your faith with hope to a newer level, then we trust God, and then we build into faith into that. And then based on the fact that we do see God at work, we grow our faith, and then we have more hope. Mm-hmm. for the things that have happened. What does hope give us? Why do we need hope? I th- So we don't head down into a giant path of depression <laughs> and misery, I guess. So. And there's some verses like, 
Christ in you, the hope of glory, mm-hmm. that, that expectancy of glory, not just, I hope, I, I wish this would happen. And maybe if I jump through the right hoops, it will. It's know that Christ is in you Yeah, and you get to have the glory. You get to mm-hmm. expect glory from it. Yeah. So. All right. Do you want to head into love? Yes. Okay. Faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So Mm -hmm. what is love? Hmm. I think love is the expression of the nature of God, of who he is. And with... That was me rattling my mic. (laughs) (laughs) We have... Sorry. We... (laughs) We can have faith and we can have hope, but I think the greatest is expression is when those are produced so that we do those things, especially for others. And real love is when I put others first or before me or basically have the heart of God is when I have a heart for other people. And so I'm becoming most like God or his character is most being revealed in me when I start viewing others from God's perspective and how I can do that. And that fits wonderfully in the middle of this, this, uh, these two chapters. Yeah. This church. Yeah. These two chapters where basically people are using the gifts as a way to have personal advancement, to look good, to be impressive in the church, have a position, whatever kinds of things. And Paul goes over and over and says the whole purpose of these gifts is to build up the body. The entire reason why we have these is to encourage one another. It's to be a blessing. That's the reason he gives you prophecy is so that you can say the things that God says to somebody else and to bring them up. Mm -hmm. It's the whole reason we have tongues is so we can say the things of God. It's the whole reason we have words of knowledge so that we can enlighten others into what God is saying or showing or uh, making visible and revealing. Mm -hmm. And the same with wisdom and all these different gifts. The goal of God is always building up the body, growing people in love, and growing them to be more like him and in a deeper relationship with him. There you go. Because you haven't talked about the fact that God is love Mm -hmm. quite specifically. His character is magnanimous, generous, kind, thoughtful to to a fault. (laughs) The fact that he has this emotion and intention towards all of creation so that we can have a connection to him, Mm -hmm. a relationship with him. As we're doing, as we're receiving that from him, we should, it it will flow out of us so that we can be relating and connecting to other people with him as the the glue because he is love. Mm -hmm. And then that's what the whole of the chapter, first Corinthians, not quite the whole, but the good chunk of chapter 13 is describing love. So why don't you go ahead and read that like, what does it say love is in case you haven't heard this in a while or well, just it says, for a good if I reminder. speak in tongues of men and angels but have not love I'm only a resounding gong or claiming symbol if I have prophecy 
and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, and I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it's not rude, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they'll cease, and where there are tongues, they'll be stilled. But where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. And so on. I need to keep reading that because that doesn't get into the love part. All right. So the focus of love. Is well, I actually, that part is telling you that the fullness of God is in love. Yes. Not in the gifts. Right. The gifts are a way for us to express love to the body. Right. So if we're not doing that, we are nothing. We're in a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. Right. And we have done nothing of value. So you're saying you, you just use the words to the body, which is mm-hmm. another word for the church or yes. believers. What about to non-believers? Yes. We're there to love them as well. <laughs> But you're We're just clarifying to, that because this letter was this to is the people explicit who instructions were here. Yes. The whole the point church. of God is to love people, everybody. Mm-hmm. Christ died to bring everybody into the body. That was the whole purpose of his death mm-hmm. is to restore. And not everybody is currently actively walking in the restoration. Mm-hmm. So they need. So. But that's the goal. That is the goal. That's God's desire and God's motivation desire of everything. God's desire is that all would come to know him. Is to ha- is his because desire. he loves them. Yes. He loves his creation. And so all of this comes back to love. Faith yeah. without works is dead, and faith that does not produce love is meaningless. Well, I don't know if you can have faith. and Well, that's an interesting question. Can you have faith and no love? That's a rough one. That's weird. Probably you can have, (laughs) you probably have varying degrees of either. Right. Like if you are trying to use faith to puff yourself up, your love meter is probably pretty low at that point. Right. But that's then your faith is starting to look like weird, not faith. Right. So. Right. Yes. More. So they probably don't, they kind of need to be together false supernatural kinds of things Mm -hmm. and i think we grow most in faith when we love because we're being aligned with what god wants to accomplish so the same as as we started in the beginning and talked about that our faith is based on the promises of god we increase that when we love as god loves we are more aligned with what he is saying and doing, and so that makes it more clear what his promises are and the intent of his promise, which makes it easier to walk in faith that that's what he wants to accomplish in his promises. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, if I... Let's go back to the money thing. If I say God will supply all my needs, and all I think about in terms of that is I need money, that's okay. That's not a bad thing. 
And that's not a bad thing to have faith for. And it's not a bad thing to trust God for. But a deeper one is I want to have provision so that I can take care of my needs, but that I can be a blessing to others because there's things in the kingdom I want to invest in. There's people that I want to help with. There's things I want to see. Yeah, there's things that I start seeing where it's like I want to make God's love known and more manifested and to have resources to do that will help me to grow in what God wants to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And that's an even bigger level of faith Mm -hmm. because now it's I'm seeing the big picture instead of the very small picture. The small picture is I need my needs taken care of. I need to pay my rent. I need to pay my bills. I need to have food. And those are good and right and that's appropriate. But that's the small picture. But, you know, conquer the small picture first (laughs) and keep expanding your vision and grow in faith on that. Mm-hmm. So, there you have it. Boom. Done. Faith. faith, hope, and love in a little package right there. Faith, hope, and... Was that a Newsboys? No. Audio Adrenaline. That's who had that song. They did a song about faith, hope, and love? Yep. I guess I don't know that one. I can put a link or something. Okay. Maybe. If I can figure out how to do that. So. Well, that's all. My brains ran out. (laughs) Got a short one this week. It is. Lots to ponder, though. We were pondering lots, and that's what you get. Yes. And also, you know, there's more to think about and more to to talk to the Lord about. Maybe we're... Well, maybe we need to be done talking so the Lord can talk specifically to people that are stirred yeah. by this, So, including ourselves. You can contact us if you do want to at podcast at grace.world. You can call us at 833-85-GRACE. That's 833-854-7223. And don't forget to just visit our website. You can actually comment now and push the little up thumbs up and thumbs down if you wish and uh, subscribe subscribe. Mm -hmm. and so we hope to hear from you all right be blessed everybody we love you have a great week bye